Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of Hotline League. I am in a hotel room. Uh, there is a beautiful man behind me in the hotel room as well. Uh, Mark Z is, uh, we don't know where he is, but he's somewhere uh, because MSI is happening. And Mark doesn't feel at home anymore in his own house because Team Liquid lost. That's right. They lost. They're not moving on to the group to, or to the playoffs after the uh the group stage. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to talk about Fnatic going forward. Should have some EU callers because we're actually at an EU time, but none of them are watching. Whatever. Here we go. Hotline League episode 27 starts right now. Hotline League is brought to you by Omen by HP. And here we are uh, on Hotline League. I know it's a little bit of a different vibe. Audio might be a little different. We're missing some of the colors. Because I'm I'm on a remote. What are you doing, bro? Broden's doing weird shit. Um, it's listen. It's a different show because I'm in your strict downgrade, and in yeah. no way is the lack of viewership a correlation to that. <laughs> we we uh, we actually. So this is a true story. I tried to get I tried to get an EU personality on the show. Uh, the EU personalities I asked declined because they said, oh. This is, uh, we got a show tomorrow. I just want to relax. This is my one day off. So they didn't come on. So EU people who are watching the show, your personalities failed you. I'm sorry. We would have loved to have one of them on. There's a, a, they could have sat on the on the bed next to Broden. It would have been amazing, but it didn't work out. So uh, that's a little, a little too bad. Um, yeah. We, I mean, not like, not like I used to do LCS and then come home and do another show every yeah. day. I can't imagine what that'd be like. Yeah. Well, Listen, people need to get their stuff together. Um, uh, yeah, so we, by the way, are filming this on, is today Thursday? It's Thursday yes. here and Thursday there. So it's Thursday, uh, the 17th. And we got MSI uh, playoffs starting tomorrow. Let's check in with Mark. Mark, how are things going for you? Because you've just, I've been gallivanting around Europe. You are, what are you doing? Um, yeah, me too. I'm in Europe right now. Uh, you can tell by how the room is lit and things on the walls behind me. Clearly not my apartment, so it must be Europe. Uh, I've also been staying up and watching the games every night. Uh, that's pretty much what I've been doing. I made a Discord, I made a video. You probably didn't watch it. Uh, it was the one about Ole um, and, uh -huh. the, and the anxiety and stuff. Uh-huh. I didn't watch it. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was the title. So I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been a little busy, Mark, because while you made that one video, I've made a million videos, including a cinematic masterpiece with Broden. Whatever. Continue your story. That was bad. You didn't like it? I'm yeah, you're to... not an actor. What? I Broden, Broden thought it was good. Broden, you pay Broden. Are you going to tell your boss you suck? He tells me that frequently. So what else? What else? You did the show. Uh, there's really not much else. I start playing Guild Wars One because I'm up late at night. Uh, there's a lot of other games that have come out since Guild Wars One. Yeah, a lot of them are worse still. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I ate a bunch of pizza last night. That's great. Not sitting so great with me. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, show, let's huh? before we get into calls because. Um, I'm sure there will be some calls about this, but I don't know. You want to give your thoughts on the group stage and, and potentially uh, specifically Team Liquid? 
Uh, yeah. So we did a GLT a couple days ago where I went, you know, pretty in depth on it. It was amazing that North America could horribly disappoint us twice in a single group stage, but they managed to do it. <laughs> That's actually pretty they, good. They, they looked fucking terrible for yeah. the first, you know, two days. We think that we have no chance. Then they proceed to have destiny in their own hands where they just need to win one of two games and they lose both those games. Yeah. Uh, and so. in a pretty embarrassing way, I'd say. I don't know how you felt, but. I don't know. I felt like those those two games were neither of them were pretty good. Fnatic just felt like they had Team Liquid by the cojones. Yeah, I think losing to RNG is kind of like whatever. That's fine. But then losing to to Europe in that fashion where it wasn't even close was like, yeah, God damn it. And like a pretty seemingly tilted Europe. I mean, they played well that game, but uh, I mean, it. I don't know. They did not look good earlier. Yeah, in the Europe day. was like zero zero three in their last three games or something. Yeah. So one of them to. Uh, a like already disqualified evos. Yeah. So it was, it was not enjoyable. Yeah. Um, do you, are you angry? Are you whatever? Like, so I had that interview with Broxia that no. went up yesterday and he was saying that uh, NA fans should be happy that their team was able to like pull, almost pull it through <laughs> after such a rough start. Yeah. I mean, I would say I, I I don't I'm not disappointed in the outcome. Like I think North America showed that like we're pretty close to the other regions. Uh we just barely didn't make it in a tiebreaker. And if you told me going into the event that North America doesn't get out of groups in a tiebreaker, I would be like, All right. Yeah. You know, like that's that's not that bad. But it, it's the fashion that it happened in because like if they didn't have such bad nerves and confidence issues in the first two days, they probably can win one more game. Uh, and like, I, I don't want to make excuses because like every team plays bad. Every team has mistakes. RNG like was jet lagged the first couple of days and all that stuff. But only one team has ever had a player bench themselves, you know? So it's, yeah. it's like hard not to be frustrated about that. It's, it's still a little at first. I thought they didn't or he didn't bench himself. Then I thought he did because Kane said it. And then in the interview that Dodo did with me, he was like, yeah, so we approached him about it, and he decided to step down. And I'm kind of like, so did he bench him, or did you guys ask him if he wanted to bench himself? Because those are kind of two different situations. I, I read it as like, Ole, you're not feeling well. Like we hear you freaking out on stage, and then like he was freaking out during the the scrims, according to Dodo yeah. too. Like yeah. I watched that interview, one of the only ones I did because it was actually useful. Uh, and then it sounded like. They were probably like, Ole, are you okay? And then he was like, no, bench me or something. So yeah. that, that's how it came across to me. And yeah. I don't know. Well, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty disappointed. People can see the, the video where I'm, I'm acting, I guess. But uh, it was funny. So the behind the scenes of that video, and I, the reason why I explain this is, is for context. Like, Broder and I, it, was, it had been raining outside. Um, where we normally do the interviews. And, and I think I was like, how funny would it be if like at the end of the video, I'm just like covered in rain, you know, like that's just, yeah. just a shot of me out there. And so we, we came up with the idea of like win or lose. And at the time we thought they were going to win. Cause again, they just needed to win one of like these two games. And one of which was against like uh fanatic. And so we came up with the idea of, okay, after the game ends, I will walk outside and I will look up, and if they win, 
I just look at the camera with the rain pouring down on me and I just say like, I just smile and say it's raining or whatever. And then if they lose, go out there and I'm just like, it's raining and I look sad. So we had it one way or the other. The funny thing was we, whatever, well, it's not that funny. Whatever they actually lost in such an embarrassing way, I didn't want to do the, no, it's funny. I didn't want to do people on the podcast. Don't know that you're just making up team gestures. I didn't want to do the, the video. I was like, Broden had to kind of talk me back into it. Cause we had everything else. Um, but I was like, so frustrated. So like we, I actually walked out cause I knew that I needed to, and we hit a cut at the, the drapes and I walk outside and it's not even raining. We had planned on it to rain and it just stopped yeah. raining. And I was just like so frustrated and angry and sad because I was just literally just like, just watch that. And I'm like, it's not even, it just stopped raining. So it just even ruined the whole fucking video too. But I was actually really disappointed and upset. And then, uh, and so then Broden talked me back into it and we did another cut from those, those drapes and I walked outside upset. But, um, we were not. I actually never seen that scene, and then everybody was like, "Oh, this is like that scene from that one anime." And I was like, "I'd seen uh, the meme, but I, like once before, and I'd forgotten about it." So that was frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I'm getting some echo. Oh, sorry. I don't know what happened. Uh, but yeah, I mean, hey, Reddit loved it. Yeah. That that interview popped off. So. Yeah. Oh, good on you. Hello. My my what? camera just lost itself. Oh, we're back. I don't know what's happening. Hopefully that doesn't happen again. Um, I didn't touch anything. It just did that. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we get into some calls? Do you want to explain how this works? Because we probably have a lot of viewers that have never seen this before. Yeah, for all you, you kitties out there, we have a Discord that Travis and I are on right now. I'm spamming it in the chat well, right it's just now. Discord.gg slash Travis. Remember, I got that made. No, I didn't remember that. There's also the other link, so you can use Travis or mine. Uh, there, when you join, there's going to be two things you need to do. Uh, first up, you're going to need to join one of the voice channels, Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2. Uh, once you are in those voice channels, you are going to go type in the text channel Pleb Topics and put in whatever your takes are for this episode. And since it's obviously MSI-focused, who impressed you? Who were you disappointed in? Did you like the venue? Was it hype or not? Uh, did you were you really bored with it? Uh, did you like the meta? Whatever you guys possibly want to talk about, go in that plebs topic. Write down your take. So not like I want to talk about the meta. Be like I thought this meta was boring because mid laners just pushed or something. Like give me your actual take, not just I want to talk about. You say I want to talk about. I'm banning you from the Discord. Otherwise, yeah, go to the Discord. And uh, and uh, people ask about this. We do have, if you are a uh, Twitch sub, you get access. It takes a little bit to sync sometimes, but it allows you to get access on the Discord to a sub chat. Uh, in the sub chat, oh, by the way, I need to move the Hotline League uh, section up. It, it, in the sub chat where you put in your conversation, um, you can yeah, just put your topic there because it's more likely that you'll get picked. Uh, because there's less people spamming. So it gives you a little bit of an advantage, uh, but we pull people, of course, that are not subs and subs. Uh, so that's how that works. Um, that is how this works. Hope you guys have some good calls. Hopefully no one is too crazy. Um, but 
Uh, I guess while Mark is looking for callers, do you have anyone yet? No, not yet. Uh, there weren't that many people in because European time zone is letting us down. Okay. Well, listen, actually, I mean, we're getting viewers. They're starting to come in. Um, I also just coughed up a lung, so I'm dead. I don't know why my cough's worse this week. I was sick last week, like actually sick. It's because North America lost. Oh, it's uh, my body's way of expressing its disappointment. (laughs) Exactly. A couple of people to shout out uh, while we're getting this set up. Uh, By the way, it was very funny. I did the uh, reckless and I posted the reckless double lift interview earlier. And within the... I got three donations from that um, through the support link within the first like 30 minutes or so, all three of them from women. And I got to tell you guys, it's what? mostly dudes that watch my content. Um, thank you to Dragon Striker 911, Tanglu, who resubbed, uh, Bilu Forte, BH Chicken, Real Foxy gifted a sub to Broden, uh, Mar2586, Matter XD. Uh, the 8-Bit Creeper OPTSM fan resubbed and says, I love Hotline League, I love Travis, I love Mark Z, I love Kelby, I tolerate Kelby's love of chance markers, and I love Omen by HP. I'll keep supporting you forever. Moonboy sub. We should be uh, getting uh, any second in a, another ca- or in our first caller. Uh, Luke Hem sent $5. Thank you for the double left reckless interview and all the others. 100% of the content. Everyone in the nice. waiting room is muted on Discord. If you When you get pulled in, you got to unmute so I can test your microphone and shit. Come on, Europe. Is there, is it not a, are they muting themselves? I hope that, okay. Yeah, 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 they, they, okay, they're, so they're, they're clearing it up already. Okay, good. You guys are making this tough, Europe. <laughs> Crossbow burrito. Reset for five months. Holy shit, I've been wasting my money for five months already. Wow. Uh, thank you for the five months. Frag bait light resubbed uh, five months. Be smart four months. Panda ethic <laughs> subbed. There, we got somebody. Mr. Timpani has joined the show. Where are you calling from, Mr. Timpani? Uh, I'm calling from Connecticut. Connecticut. Okay, so uh, do you like this time zone, or do you like the... We're doing the show much earlier than normal. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm in college right now, so like we're on summer break, so like I had the whole day basically to do whatever I want. So okay. Okay. It would have been totally fine. Totally fine to stay up until the typical you know, midnight showing that it is You've been okay with that. Uh, yeah. yeah, usually I have some pretty late, late classes during uh, the semester, so yeah. I'd usually stay up for most of the shows. Well, uh, thank you for calling in, Mr. Timpani. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, so I was kind of just, I don't know, I was kind of depressing with a lot of the uh, threads that you see on Reddit, like shitting on TL and like shitting on the players and stuff. So I kind of just wanted to have a more positive outlook and say like, I mean, they were zero four at one point, but after they, after that, they ended up like winning some games, and I was like, "Wow!" Like it's kind of strange that a team would be able to, in general, just perform like so well and have. A, I think it was a four one record after that, or was it five one? Yeah, they were, they had a pretty good streak. They were, uh, they were after. four and two after. Yeah, uh, so that's yeah. yeah. So I was kind of like, okay, okay, I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was okay. Uh, and I think that's, like I said, it was, it was nice that they were able to show that North America can, could compete, but it is very hard not to be disappointed about that. Yeah. I just kind of like, I mean, I, I was disappointed like every other NA fan, but I was kind of just like, 
I want to have some positive spin on this because I don't want to have year after year uh, have only like the first seed from NA just not perform. It's whatever, I guess. Yeah, I think for me, so uh, Azale did, said an interesting thing in the interview with him uh, that I did with him where he was saying, I asked him, I think this was after TL had gone 0-4, or maybe it was after they'd won their first game. I asked him, you know, how how much should people be angry about this? Like, how much, uh, not hate, but, like, criticism and, and whatever, the Reddit stuff. And he said, uh, he said that he felt that it was deserved towards Team Liquid. Like, the concept and brand and the team of Team Liquid uh, they should be held to a pretty high standard because they're spending a lot on these players. Uh, the resources they put in, they, you know, they've got this dedicated training facility. Why is it that they can never pull this off? Uh, but then, then maybe not like send that criticism and that hate to the, the individual players themselves because they are kind of people. Actually, I think that's probably a, a fair assessment. Like even if you are disappointed with the way that some of the players played, like taking out your anger on them is not going to help. But being disappointed in Team Liquid, the organization, for being unable to, like, whatever, doing whatever they needed to make this thing work, uh, maybe that's fair. I think depending on how you're taking your anger out on the, the players, quote unquote, because, like, if you're going on Reddit and being like, man, that really sucks about Ole, uh, he probably shouldn't be their support if this is a thing, like, that's going to happen. And he's had confidence. Like, if someone wants to make that argument on Reddit, that's that to me is not, like, attacking a player you're doing it on a public discussion forum for like people to talk about esports things he's not like going on that guy's twitter and being like go fuck yourself like if, if you go on someone's twitter and flame them i have a problem with that but if you go on reddit and say things like i don't think this player should be on the team or he lost in this tournament or whatever your, your thought is like i actually don't have a, a big problem with that um as long as like you're not just saying fuck this player and you're actually like having a discussion around it yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, yeah, like the discussion thing, I think, is pretty good. Like, oh, shit, like a, a discussion thread. It's like, should Team Liquid make a roster change? And maybe somebody will, will bring that up. I don't know. But I think that that's a, a good, healthy thing. But sort of just the needless, like, I don't think it's good to just be like, always sucks. You know, well, the first two days people were so insufferable on Reddit. They're like, North America sucks. It's a joke of a region. I want to yeah. kill myself as a North America fan. I yeah. will fucking bomb North America. And it's like, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. It's like, one, the problems that Team Liquid had in the first two days were not at all reflective of the entire region. Or maybe they are, but we'll get into that with another caller, I think. Yeah. But I, it's not like North America, like we completely suck because these five guys choked on stage for the first two days before getting it together. It's like that's not really specific. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I personally really enjoyed some of the memes came out of it too, even though they were kind of negative. Like the um I think it was from the last world, but it was like the NA is so fucking free. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That was pretty great. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing about Red. You go on there for some some shit posts, some memes, and occasionally a discussion or two, but you can't you can't take it too seriously. Hopefully, which is yeah. sad as the primary discussion place. So, Mister Timpani, like, what? So, do you are you are you as Brock just said? Are you proud of North America for doing um, what they did? I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm proud because, like, you know, we just barely in the eleventh hour didn't make it. But um, I think I'm, I'm proud of the second half, not so much of the first half. You know? <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. 
All right. Well, um, I don't know. Do you have anything else that you'd like to, to chat about before we move on to the next caller? Uh, not really. I kind of just wanted to, I don't know, put like a more positive outlook on, on it, but I don't know. I guess people don't, people don't like that on Reddit at least, but hopefully no, it'll change. Reddit, listen, Reddit, <laughs> Navi 1995, I think it's 1995 said a second ago uh, that Reddit uh, Reddit has been like particularly shitty lately. And I, I kind of agree with that. Like I, not everybody, but I, there's been like a, a weird culture of like frustration and anger. Uh, even before MSI, people were upset with, oh, sorry, my camera froze. Hopefully that gets fixed. Um, even before uh, MSI, there was this, this weird frustration. I don't know. It's just odd. Yeah, I definitely saw a lot of it during that event. Like, I, I know what you're talking about before, and I was like, ah, it's, it's kind of like that, but it's it feels like everyone's just bored because there's no international competition. And then, like, it was still bad, and it's still... People have just refocused from MSI right now onto, uh, like, the jungle changes, which I understand are dumb. I get it. But it's, like, eight page, like eight threads just like, fuck the jungle, fuck Riot. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I agree. Are you, are you unfrozen? Did I fill enough? I'm trying to I'm trying to fix it right now, but we'll see. No, okay. Well, we can just move on. It's an improvement in some ways. Mr. Mr. Tempati, thank you so much for your call. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, okay. great. Um, all right, hang on. Let me see if we can fix this. There we go. Uh, we're we're back in action. Mark is getting the next person. Uh, yeah, next person, Miss. It's Blue oh. Jay. Oh, hello, Blue Jay. You are you're back. I am back. Welcome back to the show. Doing? Were you on the last show, or was it a couple shows again? Oh, I forget. Oh, uh, a couple ago, maybe two or three or something. Like okay, that. and you're from Canada. Yes, Kitchener, Ontario. Kitchener, Ontario. I remember. Uh, it's really easy to remember because your name is Blue Jay, and you are a Twitch sub. So thank you so much for your your sub. Yeah, um, no problem, dude. What do you want to talk about on the MSI edition of Hotline League? So I was, even though I'm an NA fan, I was really hyped for TL and stuff like that going into MSI. What I was really focused on was how much Soaz was going to play after his little outburst kind of thing on Twitter. And I just mm-hmm. think after after seeing msi and after him seeing i don't know how many games he played i know he didn't play the majority of them i think he maybe played one or two maybe you guys can help me out with that but my point is is that i don't think he's happy and i don't think he's coming back to uh to fanatic yeah i i think mean, yeah he played one game is that what it was it was one okay i wasn't yeah, sure he played one and it, and they won but he kind of got it was one of those like split map games where the enemy team just dicks him and his team just dicks bot lane so he looked he looks rough, but that was kind of more yeah, circumstance. I, he was game. way behind in farm too, right? If, if I remember right. Yeah, well, it was like I said, it was the kind of thing where the enemy team kept going top, which would mean that the enemy's bot lane was open, so they would just like mirror each other's plays. And so Soaz was getting crushed, and then the enemy AD was getting crushed, and Reckless was really ahead. Right, and I think that just adds to it as well, because if you want a chance to prove yourself, one game at MSI is not a fair opportunity. Now, granted, every team has obviously the right to put in whoever the hell they want, right? The organization's uh, decision, they go with who they think is going to win. I just think it it does kind of feel bad to see a guy who's put so much into an organization really get shafted. Yeah, so... I know I've said this several times, but I have an interview with him that uh, is, was 
I thought I'd post it today, but I ended up, I think I'm going to post it. Um, well, it'll be. Play it now. Live reveal stream. Anyway. So in the interview, he says he's going to Korea after this with, I think, Caps. Uh, so that's a pretty good sign for him staying on the organization, but he definitely is not happy. The tone of the interview is not a very happy one. So, um, no, and this tweet too, his tweet was like, even though he had deleted right after he said something like, uh, I, I can't hang on. Yeah. Let me look at I mean, he's a very emotional dude. He's always been one of the more emotional pros and one of the more outspoken ones. I mean, from yeah. ranting about people to whatever, but I, so it's not, it's not surprising to me that he would have like a bit of an outburst at a very emotional, frustrating time for him. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, it is, it is interesting, right? Like, does he stay on that team if he's miserable and they're only going to play Whippo? I don't know. I don't know. And I do know that Whippo came up to me. I don't know if Bwipo, I will say Whippo came up to me at the venue and said mm-hmm. to me, He's a huge fan of my work, and uh, was very nice. So I, I, I gotta get. I, I do like Whippo. You know, I like Soas, but I pros that do that are, are they're on another level in my book. I like them. Has Soas ever complimented your work? I don't, it's been like seven years. I don't. Maybe he does. Oh, yeah. In seven years, then. he never complimented you. Whippo, first international competition. Whippo MVP. Yeah, and yeah, first time I interacted, have... he came up and introduced himself. He's like, "Hey, man, I just want to say." I'm a big fan of your work. I really like it. I was just like, whoa, this is amazing. That's pretty sick, though. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I actually have Soaz's tweet here. Um, says, this month is truly the worst I have ever experienced in my life. Can't trust anyone and everyone for themselves in this shit industry. I guess I will have a lot to say after this year. Yeah. Yeah, he's done. He's he's fed up. Um, but what I wanted to ask. Well, that was just one moment. And then he later like recanted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think his true colors had already been put out. I mean, there were there are many times the things that I have said to Mark and anger that later, you know, you would have thought I'd be done with Hotline League, you know. But uh, I I think there's definitely some validity to that. Like you can definitely say like, oh, you know, I I messed up and it's not something I meant. But I mean, everybody's going to have that question in the back of their head of if he did really mean it. And honestly, I think he did. Yeah. I think it depends for me on what happens in summer because so as has like his injury or whatever, and then probably wasn't playing league at all during that time. I assume if he couldn't mm-hmm. play competitively, he couldn't play in the team, you know, probably made a decision along the way. That's like, we're going to use Whippo because like, not only is so as like not playing with us, he's not playing at all. And then he's got to like get back into the groove of things. And then apparently he was okay to play for one game and they put him in versus Evos the first time is, is who he went up against is the worst team there. And that was like, they're mm-hmm. like, you know, there's like, here you go. So as here's, here's your game to this is me reading into it, but I assume they're saying this is like the game for you to try and see if you're going to perform better than Whippo. He didn't really play that much better than Whippo. So they just stuck with the guy that they had more practice with on the patch and like more, more recent practice. Yeah. And so I think coming into summer, if so as is not back as the actual like de facto starter, then you'll see that other side of him uh, about wanting to leave. Probably. I think it'll be a lot up to what happens in summer. Yeah. I, I, I think it's him. fair. I think it's totally fair for fanatic to say, look, this is who we practice with. This is who we're going with. Like that's tough. Shit he played with one hand. He was playing. Damn. So what Twitch chat said. Oh, well, I think yeah. they were saying he was streaming. Um, so wait, 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 I have a question for Twitch chat and they can get back to me. Was he 
like playing well or like how well was he playing with one hand because playing with one hand and streaming for fun is pretty different than like playing competitively and being in practice so i guess how can how well was he playing with one hand so one of the other things that twitch chat's been bringing up um was that he said that he's not gonna leave the organization so i think that might be true in that moment the question is if again like if fanatic says you're on the bench infinitely so as we we've decided to just keep going with whippo because we had a what what if they win MSI with Whippo? He leads them to an astounding victory. You know, history's made. Fnatic wins MSI. Like so, as probably not going to be back on that roster uh, in the summer. So I mean, they could just keep him bench because I'm sure they have a, a contract with them that lets them do that. But wouldn't be yeah surprised. You guys both said it. I think it's really big. Uh, like it depends a lot on summer, and I think that's true too because. Whippo hasn't played a lot whatsoever. He's still like, I think everyone's still learning a lot about what he can bring to the table too. And what if he turns out to just be a, I don't want to say, I don't want to sound toxic, but like a Mike Young where like Mike Young was absolutely popping off. And then, you know, now everybody's kind of questioning Mike Young's skill. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's still lots to learn about him. Yeah. You hate Mike Young. That's what, that's what I'm hearing. Blue Jay. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, I freaking love Mike Young. I love yeah. him, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's an interesting question. We'll have to see how things develop, but uh, thank you, Blue Jay, for calling in. I uh, really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, thanks for being a sub. Yeah, take care. See you. All right, uh, we are moving along here. Um, Mark, actually, oh, uh, okay. Um, Mark. Oh, what? Okay, I need to break after this next one. Mr. Noodle's on the show. Mr. Noodle, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Toronto, Ontario. Toronto, Ontario. Okay, I love all the EU callers we're getting. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) don't worry, there's at least one European in there. Oh, really? Do you guys talk? Do you guys talk to each other in the waiting room? Yeah. I would say it's it's not typical. Uh, most of the time, guys just kind of sit in there with their mics muted. But yeah, it's going to be a European guy that lives in Texas. He's like, I'm originally from London, but I now live in Austin. Uh, Mr. Noodle, calling from Toronto. We've now had two Canadians on. Uh, what what do you want to talk about on the show today? Uh, so I think that holding the the play-ins in the group stage in the EU LCS studio was a bit of a missed opportunity and, and kind of took away from the tournament as a whole. If, I mean, I get that you'd want a smaller venue for something like a group stage, and especially the play-ins, because I don't think a lot of people want to watch the play-ins. But I think they could have done something like they did with the Spring Split Finals in NA. They rented out a small theater or, or some other kind of smaller venue to give the tournament more of like an, an international feeling or a feeling of importance rather than just being in the same thing that anybody who watches EU OCS sees every single week. I don't know. Like I, um, I was talking to somebody in the lobby and we were saying like, imagine like the group, especially the group stage, but just the whole planes and groups in general and all the, the cool storylines we had, like rules rising up, the dominance of supermassive and things like that. But put it, where we held the group stages in Brazil last year with that crowd, and it could have been a lot more exciting. 
Yes. Travis, your favorite topic? Yes. I, I always feel bad bringing it up one more time, but now that it's all over, uh, yes, I... Like I've I've talked about this uh, for a while, Mister Noodle. I don't know if you you've seen any of my, co- my conversation about it on on past hotline leagues, and um, in I did a, a video that was just about literally like how it sucks that the venues are getting smaller, the events are getting smaller. Yes, I cannot say enough. I think I'm trying to think about it. So China, Korea, NA. I think every team except for Europe. And Evos, there's maybe one, one. Who am I forgetting? Uh, somebody. Anyway, they've they all played in a smaller venue than they normally play their normal league matches, right? Like the the LPL venue definitely is bigger. LCK venue definitely bigger. I'm I'm almost certain. NA venue is by twice as many seats. Like it is crazy to me that you qualify. Imagine a world where Fnatic Fnatic did not win that tiebreaker. They qualified for an MSI that happened in their region, and the only place they got to play was the same fucking studio that they play all the rest of their games in. Like, that would have been insane. That would have been insane. So I, I, I just don't get it. You got, you got so many fans. Like, you have, well, we have, like, for example, with us, like, all the, the Chinese fans, the LPL fans coming and they like storm the NALCS studio and you're in Europe, you have a dominant European team and a team that's just come into resurgence and you can't fit that many people, that many fans who would like to see their team play into the studio. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, there's, like, there's a smaller event at a smaller studio, yeah. which is fine. If you look at something like where they would hold I in Katowice or like the, the theater in Miami, uh, the Fillmore. There's that, there's that, and then there's the studio. It, it, I don't know. It, it feels lazy. Yeah. Or like it just. So people, some people are saying that because of the times that they were scheduling it, they couldn't have filled uh, a venue. I think uh, one, there were people that wanted to go that couldn't go, um, and even as it stood, like there were people that were sitting on the ground to to watch it. Um, that came in from the press room and from uh, some of the other, and. Uh, yes, I do think that scheduling at a different time would have allowed more people, but look, you can find a venue. There were 170 seats. You could have found a thousand person venue. Even a thousand person venue would have felt better than what they had. Like you can always go. I'm not saying they need an 8,000 person arena, but find just something that is, that is not the EULCS studio that feels better uh, even if it's like you could have found 200 people to do that, especially part of the reason why it's always hard filling that studio, by the way, is because it's in the middle of nowhere out in, in Berlin. You have to basically drive 30 minutes out to get to it. Um, you know, like just find, find something. It could be in Berlin. Find a, oh, you can't use the movie theater, but find, find something. Uh, cause it's just not, it's just not good. Well, so Travis, was it sold out every day? Yes. Like, was it 170 full? So yes. you could say at least it looked like I was could have got somewhere bigger. I went and sat in the audience, and as soon as uh, Broden and I did, you remember that? Wait, mm-hmm. Broden, steal his headphones. Is he um, gone? Oh, he literally fell asleep. Oh, then also steal his oh, headphones. His head was his head was okay. Um. I went and sat in the audience with Broden on the first day and I was told 
you cannot sit in this audience. We have to, we need every seat we can. And there were people sitting at the front of the studio or at the front of the building trying to get in. And so then I had to go sit in the front row of which is on the ground. And there was a metal bar that went into my back. It was not great. Um, so mm -hmm. yes, they could, there were, it was sold out. They could have had, and by the way, like, all right, this is a rough estimate, but maybe a fifth or a fourth of the audience were what I believe, believe I would speculate to be LPL fans that flew to Berlin to be, to support RNG at that in the, the group stage. Like there's a good chance that you could have even sold more. There are probably more LPL fans that would have liked to have come. I actually talked to player or to fans that were there and, and would have gone to all five days, but could only get tickets to a couple days and would have gotten more. You could have definitely sold more. Well, they could have also maybe done, and, and you see this with Counter-Strike tournaments especially, done different stages of the tournament in different cities. So you could have, and especially in Europe where flights are relatively cheap and it's relatively easier to get from one city to another than in North America, you could really embrace the whole different regions aspect that the ULCS likes to push and maybe have um, the play-in stage, I don't know, in Malmo, let's say. Yeah. And then you could do another one in like Marseille and then you go to Paris or something like that. I think that would have been hard for them to do because they have to move all the gear and everything around. But um, I, I do yeah, think... It would need a few more days for that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they could have done... They could have done plans in the EULC studio group stage in a bigger venue somewhere in Berlin or in the surrounding areas. And then, uh, or in Paris, and then, uh, you know, playoffs in the, the bigger venue in, in Paris. Also, by the way, the Paris venue is not that big. This is the venue that they used in 2014 All-Stars. It's a great venue. I love it. I'm excited to return to it. And every, all the casters and broadcasters I've talked to are excited to return to it. But, like, you probably could have just done it there, um, done group stage there. So, I don't know. Uh, one of the interesting things about this is a lot of people don't know this. Um, I Hunter's in the chat saying Hunter thinks there's a good amount of people here. I think this is, but um, I was like, eight forty six is acceptable. Yeah, it's acceptable. Holy shit, um, that goes crazy sometimes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, so uh, what a lot of people don't know this, but I, they've talked about it or they've referenced it publicly, so I don't feel bad saying it. But um, Riot kind of divides their esports team into. Like sent like a couple different teams, right? There's like the NA team, the EU team. Then there's something called Central that is in charge of running these international events and and putting them together. What is very interesting about uh, this tournament in particular, I feel like, is Central. See, I okay. If EU put this on, you would think EU is looking for permanent partnerships and franchises, right? You want to show like, look how awesome esports in Europe can be for League of Legends. So you should, it, it is, they are incentivized right now. They should just be running this as like an ad campaign for like, give us 10 million euros and give us the best application ever for EULCS next year. So the, in my opinion, they should have like really blown it out, put it at EU times, not at China times, whatever. But instead, this EU event was very heavily, like even the fact that uh, like, okay, so granted, this is because normally the first seed plays first, but I still think it's actually really bad that like um, the Fnatic match is on a Friday uh, instead of a Saturday. So um, I don't know. I 
I don't know. I just feel like MSI this year has been run pretty not. I'm not. I don't mean. Look, there are great people that are on the ground every day doing this stuff and coordinating it and working hard, but the planning around it and some of the high level decision making, I think, is very questionable. The, the time just is just a huge slap in the face, honestly, to anybody that's um, an NA or EU fan, right? Yeah. Because for worlds and stuff, I have to stay up till four AM to start watching the group stage. You're start to, and let's face it, if you're an NA fan, that's the only time you're going to get to see your favorite team play. And so, but now they're uh, they have it starting in what's basically the morning for me because it's better for the audience that isn't the live audience, even though it should probably be about the live experience. Uh, no one is in that studio. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. What I will say as a viewer online was that it didn't bother me as much as I thought it would. Um, but that's also just because I basically watch the games then all tab out. And because I don't watch the EU LCS that often, seeing them standing in front of that big screen and those desks like was still a new enough experience for me. I think it was probably like if you're someone who watched Europe more often, it probably would have bothered you even more. Because like, yeah. you know, as expected, they didn't like have that many. At least I didn't see that many sweeping shots of the audience beyond like the high five stuff. So, so for me, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as I thought it would would feel. Um, but that's like making the best of a bad situation. I was like, that didn't feel terrible. Not like that was really hype. Yeah. Uh, 19 heart CM and Twitch chat says, are you afraid that league is slowly dying? No. Um, in fact, from what I understand, like a lot of the viewership numbers look pretty good for in both EU and North America for this uh, split uh, compared to last year. Right. Which would not necessarily indicate that it is dying. The problem is, is that like in a world where people are talking about is league dying, like, making it look like your international event is like fallen from grace. Uh, it's just, I just don't, it's such a bad idea. Such a bad idea. I disagree with that for people who say like the, the online experience, like they don't care at all about what the venue is. If you're an online viewer, because like the opening ceremonies and like all that stuff can be pretty hype, even for a group stage or um, playing stage of worlds out in China in front of like a pretty decent sized audience. And they all got like a standing ovation and cheers and like, uh, that's still cool. And like the fact of the matter is like the announcement for the players, the first time that they all played, I did watch that because they did that before each team played because their stage is too small to present all the players at the beginning. So they had to only present two teams before they actually played. Uh, and like those moments I think matter. Yeah. Uh, because it goes beyond like, your initial viewing experience, like, because I, I, I think it's pretty hyped to see everyone in front of an arena and everyone going ape shit before they all like play their games. You lose that, and then you lose like any sort of video material that would look cool. Like, you don't get nearly as many awesome shots as like any of the team media, as someone who's going to make a maybe documentary about this event. Like, whatever it is, like the whole the whole thing kind of gets hit down a little yeah. bit. And just to finally wrap it up, because I know people are tired of this topic, like. It just feels so bad that you qualify from this, like these major events, like in Copenhagen for EU, uh, LCK finals had this awesome show. Uh, even like people were down at the Miami event, I thought was pretty cool. You qualified to go play in the EU LCS studio. It feels bad. Anyway, thank you so much. Tony, Zixlow, before we go, says the most memorable part of our 2016 MSI run was the group stage where the event was constantly roaring. Venues matter so much. No. Thank you, Mr. Noodle, for uh, for calling in. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks.
Mark, I need to uh, need to need to talk a little bit about something. You know what that no. is? Yeah. Is it Omen by it is HP? Omen by HP, our sponsor for this show. Uh, they've been sponsoring the show for quite some time now. We appreciate their continued support. Uh, it is amazing to have them on it. And by the way, the computer that I am running this on, I am I am streaming it. I am uh, recording it locally. All the stuff off of a laptop, which is not not always the easiest thing to do. I've got like a, a stream coming in from a DSLR camera. All this stuff is being handled by this piece laptop that's Omen by HP that is in front of me. Uh, that Omen hooked me up with. Thank you so much to them. Uh, you guys have been tweeting. You've been uh, tweeting at me, tweeting at Omen. You've been talking about all the, the great gear and the great experiences you've been having with them. Thank you so much. They've gotten into the space a couple years ago, and they they support everything from like Overwatch League all the way to a show like this, which is, is really fantastic of them. Uh, you guys might notice that they uh, have been doing some content with CLG because they sponsor CLG. Um, you can go check all that stuff out on their Twitter, which is owned by HP. They tweet out a lot of that stuff um, over there. And they actually have a, a Twitch ha- uh, handle, which is also owned by HP, where they run things like the Omen Dojo. Um, I don't know. I, I just I would say it's been uh, it's been fantastic uh, working with those guys. I think they've uh, maybe got some other cool stuff coming down the con- uh, pipeline for content that maybe I, I can't talk about. But excited about what they've got going on. Excited about their gear. They never told me that I had to like endorse the gear. They just said talk about the brand. Um, but honestly, like I, I will say this, I've I've had great experiences with all the gear that they've sent my way. Uh, Mark normally shows a keyboard at this point in time, but unfortunately he's traveling, so he can't do that. What? I can't do it because Omen by HP has actually bought me a villa in Europe, which is where I'm at yeah. right now for yeah. the event. Uh, yes. They didn't want to. They didn't want me to tell Travis because he would feel bad. But you know, just great showing of support by these guys to yeah. fly me out here and put me up in this amazing place. <laughs> well, Mark is memeing, but I'm not memeing. I actually, they've been a great, uh, they've been a great partner for the show. We thank them so much for their support. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Uh, so thank you so much to Omen by HP. Uh, moving on to our next caller, which we should have any second here. Before we go, Tony chimed in a little bit more about it. It's just like, Imagine all those like crazy shots of like, you know, the images of like the players. Like, I don't remember if you remember, like, CLG like had all those like dabs and stuff that they were doing in front of like a huge arena. And Tony looked like he was going to kill somebody in those pictures. Like, so much of the media that was around that event was like extra hype because of how like the venue and stuff like that. Yep. Yep. As I thought more about it, I was just like, God damn, that's true. Like, there's so much stuff that goes into like, I mean, the, the opening ceremony. The opening ceremony had like all the drawing on the ground and all that like awesome stuff. The opening ceremony for MSI was like, hey, we're here at the EULCS studio. All right, I'll get the next person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody asked, uh, Broden is hiding. That is an Owen by HP laptop that he is editing on uh, right behind me. He's working on. You can see it in the background. He's behind there. You can basically see. Oh, see, look, there's his hands. So, but that's his computer uh, that Omen uh, hooked him up with. So thank you uh, so much to Omen for their support. We're joined right now by Pandemonium88, who I believe is on one of the early episodes of the show, yes? Yeah, I can't remember exactly which one. I think it was 9 or 10 or something like that. Okay. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from London. From London. Okay, so I'm in Paris right now, and I think London... It's pretty close. What is that noise? 
Is that you? Uh, I was just tapping my legs. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, you call from London. Uh, good to good to have you on the show. Uh, what? Uh, by the way, is this a much better time for you? I assume. Uh, yeah, it's great. Okay. Comparatively to usual. Yeah. Well, I was hoping you you'd have a lot of enthusiasm, but you're like, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit better. Listen. <laughs> No, it's fantastic, Travis. It's really great. It's too late. He didn't didn't sell me on it. Sounds like we should go back to the old time, Travis. British people are not great at faking enthusiasm. Um, What do you want to talk about on the show, Pandemonium? Um, So it's kind of going back to that week, well, sorry, uh, show nine or ten topic, which is where I said that liquids don't have enough carry threats internationally. And my original premise uh, was in comparison to Echo Fox, CLG, 100 Feeds, and TSM. Now, I, I, I straight up will say I might have been wrong on a couple of those, but I still think that my view that this realistically international carry level of um, Team Liquid is basically only double lift. And I think whilst their overall team synergy and strength working together is enough to win NA. I don't think that their players are strong enough individually to ever really succeed. Whereas I feel like the ceilings of those other teams are higher and it's kind of just going back to that. And if we feel like that original premise is more mute now that they've won NA or actually better now that we've seen them fail at NSF. So, I think, uh... so wait, just to be really clear, are you... Is this one of those like Echo Fox would have done better if they qualified for this type of arguments? Uh, not necessarily, because I okay. feel like Liquid were clearly the best in NA. I'm thinking more like broadly and perhaps looking forward to Worlds that the individual carry threat is greater to reach a higher peak, uh, a possible higher ceiling as an NA representative in those other teams. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I like that take a lot more because I don't. I don't like when people are like, "Man, TSM," like the guy that ticked Parth off really badly when he was like, "Man, TSM sucks." Other teams would have done so much better at all these international events. I'm not convinced anyone would have done better than TL. Uh, like someone asked me who did I think would have made it out of group stage, and I was like, "TSM if they were playing well." But TSM hadn't been playing that well split aside for like those last couple of weeks at the end, and then clearly that didn't translate to playoffs. So who knows? Yeah. Um, but I think this is a really weird tournament to either help or hurt your argument because wherever you land on either side of this argument that TL doesn't have enough carry threats or they're fine, you will have evidence that you can point to from this tournament to support your argument. So if you don't think that they have enough, like, well, they didn't make it and Double If was the only one who was carrying and Poe Belter had to get put on Malzahar duty because he couldn't play anything else at that event. Uh, and Impact was his best on tanks, yada, yada, yada. So that's one argument you can make. And on the other side, it's like, yeah, but they were in a tiebreaker and almost got out. Like they clearly could have been playing better. And if they didn't have those confidence issues at the beginning and they just played at a regular level the whole time, then they would have made it out. And then they clearly don't need more carry threat. So it's, it's yeah. a, it's a really weird tournament because they both look terrible and looked good enough in the same event. Uh, and, and you can really kind of go on either side of it. Okay, but then uh, my question to you, I, I do agree with that, but my question to you, Mark, is um, when I was last on the show, you said that you felt a big strength of Liquid that would help to perhaps like cover up this potential flaw. 
is the synergy of and like teamwork of Ole and Ed Smithy working together, setting mm-hmm. up vision and stuff. And I feel like that particular. Wait, Mark said that. Certain. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. He said. He said it was a potential strength. Looking back to Immortals, and you've got to remember this was uh, when I first, and then it was after only one week, so we could only really refer back to Immortals. Yeah, I just I just want to be clear. I did not say that. That was Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I would say that the Ole part clearly didn't work out, but the teamwork from Team Liquid was still kind of there. Like they did play around double if pretty well. And in the games that they were winning, um, while double if was clearly the, like the prime wasn't like all their, the only thing that they could do was go bot lane. Like they did do some other stuff. So yeah, like their team works all right. And Smithy was really, really good. This tournament hit him yeah, and double if both were, were amazing. So like, you know, I, I'm not I'm not ready to say that like this team liquid won't if like depending on group John knock it out of groups, like I think they can, but uh I I personally am a little bit more on pandemonium side where like I Po Belter needs to show more because that was not a good tournament at all. Yeah, Po Belter's like, weird in that he there are moments where I really feel like he has the potential to be like one of the greatest NA mids, you know, like even if he's not like the flashy guy, he can just throw, show a lot of consistency and be where he needs to be in the map and all that stuff. Um, and then there are just some times where I'm like, all right, bring over another European. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like What's caps up to after this tournament. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you caps for, thank you for that, for advertising a, a new exciting opportunity <laughs> for North America. Uh, well, we shouldn't say that during European hours. So we get, People unfollow and unsub. Uh, um, uh, listen, uh, you're uh, well, it's zero franchising. Um, anyway, yeah, with Poe Belter, it's like, especially coming after a finals MVP, uh, and like looking like amazing, and like looking like he fin- like he played his ear a lot in that series, like all uh, like three out of the four games or something. But either way, like, you know, you you thought like this was a tournament that he should go out and look decent in. Yeah. Especially because the mid pool like isn't super dominant. Like Warzone sucks. Uh, Zhao Hu did not look particularly great this tournament. Maple and Caps were really good, and BDD was really good. Um, but like you got to be able to play against those really good mid laners, and it didn't feel like he could do it. Uh, and like they picked him some weird stuff. Like Poe Belter just doesn't scream a Yasuo player to me. So when he got locked in his first competitive Yasuo, it was kind of like, oh boy. Uh, and who do knows? You what see- Sorry, do you see uh, Poe Belter's solo queue win rates on his EU account? Is something like because obviously he starts quite low. He has like a seventy plus win rate win rate on everything, and then I think yeah. on Yasuo he had like forty <laughs> percent. And then, then they lock it in. That might have changed since then, but this was a few days back. And yeah, or maybe he got the seventy percent on the other ones, or what? I don't know. But yeah, yeah. I, either way, like it was, it was just pretty funny because it's like he's Nazir, Victor, Rise. Car, like you know he's always such like a stable mid lane player for the most part that like you put him on this like crazy assassin you're like hmm but then when he did end up back on those picks he still didn't look that much better and it felt like Malzahar was the only thing that they had success on to the point that they first picked Malzahar in a game like that's that's the level that they were at yeah. so sketchy and then, yeah and then that makes me think can you ever trust Pobelter to truly carry you internationally impacts always best on tanks I double if we know now will perform to some level, but 
Which to some level, even my boy did amazing. <laughs> but to yeah. be fair to Pandemonium's point, you don't know what meta you're going to get. And like, this was a good bot lane meta for the most part. Like a lot was very heavily decided around your bot lane and yeah. all the bot, best bot laners in the world were there. And like Doublelift definitely cemented himself as a carry player on an international stage. But like, you're not guaranteed to get that meta. Like you can get the utility 80 carry meta where it's Jin, Varus, Ash, and they like, they just are alt bots. And then like, who's carrying this team? Yeah, what? And um, then even if, go sorry, ahead. Sorry. Even if it's a jungle carry meta, who's the one I haven't yet mentioned. I feel like Ismithy is genuinely a really, really good jungle. But he's not but a carrying. He's much better at enabling his team. Yeah, he's point. like a pole belter in that sense, where he's not. You're not going to put him on any like playmakers. Yeah. Perhaps slightly better than pole belter, but yeah, a similar kind of player. Well, yeah, I think I'm not sure because like he has played like he has played Graves and Ezreal. Like he did that Worlds, and like he was pretty good on them. But I agree. Like if if. It's not it's not ideal for Team Liquid for sure. Like this was their ideal meta completely. And they, they still wasn't like good enough for them to get through. Yeah. 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 I, I I'm very curious what because uh, only because Switch chat brought it up. Like I've always thought Peter was a decent gin player, Mark. Was mm-hmm. Jin just like shit at this tournament and that's what happened? No, I like think... or I don't know. I think Jin was fine. I th- like there are games where I didn't like it, where there was a lot of tanks, and they was still like, but they were taking it early, so a lot of time you didn't know that you're going to end up in this heavy tank comp thing. Yeah, uh, I agree. It probably wasn't the best pick in the meta. Like, I I don't care. I think Peter's Jin was something that like my understanding of Double F having talked to a lot of people who work with him or or were on his team and stuff like that is this, he has all things considered a pretty limited effective champion pool where like he gets really good on like three to four champions. And that's mostly what he wants to play. Um, and like Jin was one of them this time. And like, it's not beneficial to push him outside of his comfort zone. That's my understanding of like double and like, I, th- I think Jin, like people point to the gin in the first four days, and I'm like, "Why are you concerned about gin? Like, look at what's happening on the team." Uh, so, I, I personally didn't have a big problem with the gin. I thought there were times where it was fine and times where it was not. Yeah, it just felt weird in that RNG game where it felt like both teams were like, "All right, we're in on this Uzi versus Doublelift thing, and Uzi's on Cog and Peter's on Gin." And I'm like, it just it felt like a weird setup. Yeah, I, I know people are saying like Jin is not a hyper carry. He's not so he's not Kogma. Like, but at the same time, if Jin is what works for him and they're gonna play with the Jin pick, then like that's where they have their most practice, that's where they're most comfortable. Yeah. I think they can win with it. They had one with it. Uh but yeah. I, I understand why people aren't happy to see the Jin pick, but I don't think you can look back at this tournament and be like, Man, there was a major problem at this tournament, and that was the gin pick. Yeah, well, that's what that's what takeaway is. Not the mid laner. You, oh well, or the support. That's the problem. Is is that it's it's all these little things, right? So you can you could make that argument on everything. Like it wasn't like pole belt. Oh, there was a pole belter was not the major reason Team Liquid lost. I don't know if Ole was the major reason they lost. Like it was just sort of that team falling apart in a lot of different ways, and I just don't. Yeah, but, but like every, every team at that event lost games and like looked bad for stretches. RNG didn't look that great at some points. Kings don't look vulnerable at points. Like 
everyone has problems and like pick band things come up. Uh, and like when I'm trying to identify why one team is losing more than another team, I'm not going to look at like this like tiny minor draft. Problem. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Sure, like, sure, if sure, you sure. want me to break down a specific game, like, yes, Jim was okay here. No, yeah. Jim was not okay there. But like, you can do that with every team. And like, if I'm walking away from this international tournament, like what are my takeaways? The gin pick is not a takeaway. Yeah. yeah. I was just asking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pandemonium. Thank you so much for your call. Yes. Can I just say one thing? Sure. Uh, I just want to shout out Omen by HP for uh, just being, being great people. Thank you uh, so much for sharing. I love it when you guys do that. Thank you so much. Yep. Uh, I'm uh, hearing that yep. there's an echo. So, oh, uh, well, sorry about that. no, no, it's, it's fine. I think it's, I need to fix it. Uh, thank you, though. Okay. So the next, or give you a chance. To give me a second. All right. Can you say something? Hello, this is Mark, and I am talking about League of Legends. Okay, I think I think we should be good now. I think we should be good. Um. Oh wait, no, that wouldn't be it. It would be. It'd be when we talk at the same time. So we're both talking right now, and you're not talking, so I'm just talking, and I feel real lonely. And I wish you were here with me, Travis. Okay. In my villa by H. Omen by well, HP. I do want to shout out a couple of people. By the way, uh, before I shout out these folks, I just want to say a lot of great support from uh, all you guys in supporting uh, my trip over here. Uh, I think we're. Broden. I think we're at like. I, I think we're on track to get about 5K for this trip. Uh, which is is uh, about about where I was hoping, uh, about what I was expecting. So uh, thank you for that. You guys have been fantastic. My Patreon is almost at 2K, which uh, I'm hoping we can maybe hit that. So thank you so so much to everybody who's uh, who's helping out. Uh, a couple people. Uh, let's see. Crossbow Burrito, Fragbite Light, Be Smart, Panda Epic, Boba Cola Sent 100 Bits. Ribbon Chew subbed. Uh, Sand Pitowski donated $3 and said greetings from Poland. Uh, proud of you. Keep it up. EU greater than NA. Uh, J4 Yol resubbed. Uh, thanks for the content, man. Abosioni. Random Throwaways 00. Sort of boss like. Donated $5. Uh, Black Dove War. Dove War. Weir Squatch. And Sculpted Soldier resubbed uh, for five months. There's some more, but I'll get to them after the next call. As Mark goes in to pull the next person, very excited about yeah, that. That's, who, that's what I was doing. Who we're going to talk to next? It's going to be great. Uh, all right. While well, he's gone, the Ghost Rider resubbed. Big Bang Zero Two, Big Diesel Two Millimeter, or Big Diesel Two M. Thread Ash sent five hundred bits. Uh, thank you, everyone. For the support we're all caught up now uh i'm trying to raise funds for msi because i don't have a sponsor so if you were unaware of that uh, you can hit up the support link the patreon link just okay is on the show right now just okay where are you calling from uh southern california oh you're a little quiet i'm going to turn you up a bit okay uh what's that again oh uh, yeah from southern california from southern california whereabouts in southern california uh like an hour east of la like chino hills area 
like Rancho Cucamonga area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I know it well, uh, unfortunately. Uh, what, unfortunately. What, what do you, it's, you know what? It's just okay, is what I would say. Just okay. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, yeah, so I was calling to talk about how I think that NA as a whole is fine mechanically and actually in also their team play. And I think that what they lack is like a certain clutch factor and uh, especially international tournaments. Well, we have a team named Clutch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I think over the over like over certain international tournaments, you can see some teams have this or like have found this kind of clutch factor. But overall, a lot of teams are just lacking in like delivering when it when it most matters. Okay, that's a fair uh, thing. But let me ask you, what is what is a clutch factor? Can you define a clutch factor? Because like I, I think that's one of those terms that that sounds great because you're like, oh man, these teams just clutch it out. But ultimately, it's it's like a good catch-all phrase for a bunch of other things, right? Like, oh, they just have good players that can make plays when they need to, or oh, this team is consistent, or whatever. Like, I maybe you can help me understand what you mean by a clutch factor. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between I think like having good players and like being and players that are able to show up when when they might feel uncomfortable or like the competition's a lot better or things like that, right? Even if you look at other kind of teams, uh, I'm thinking like back in Worlds when uh, I forget the name of the ADC that they're hyping up from China. It was like Name, Name, yeah, yeah. Who was there? Like, oh, this is the best ADC that's ever played in like years, and they just didn't show up, right? Like this happens in a bunch of different things, but I think if you look at like, if you look at like C9 uh, back when High played in Worlds and it was a do or die scenario when they were also just got boosted out of a tiebreaker or into a tiebreaker, like the same way that Fnatic did this and pass MSI, right? When they showed up to the tiebreaker, they're just like, okay, well now it's time to win, and they just beat beat what was it, Najin White or whatever. Um, so there's this this this. What I'm saying is like when it matters that you you play to the skill level that you have shown that you can play to. And I think that when you think of like Team Liquid, um, they, they've, I think in NA have shown that they're actually really good. And this is something that I disagreed with the last caller where they didn't, they said he didn't have any carry players. I think that they have a lot of carry players. It's just that the carry players, when it matters most, don't play to the level that they have shown that they can play to. I don't expect them to play much beyond that level, but like the clutch factor is at least playing to the level that you you have played to. If they played to that level and then just lost, then that's another thing. But I think they played far below that level or basically spending the entire tournament trying to scale up to that level before they actually... And then by the time they got there, the tournament's already over. I think they basically had it fixed by day three. I think the Team Liquid that you saw from day three onwards was like just the Team Liquid of who they were. Uh, so, But I do agree for like the first portion. And I would say... To some extent, I would say North America seems to have a mental block again at like in international tournaments because like we always do poorly. Everyone thinks like we suck, and then it's like this is the year the fans' hopes get hyped up again, and then they go out there and they struggle. Um, so I would I would buy the argument that like one of North America's whole like problems is is their mental game because like the North America Week Two thing always seems to happen. Is that mentality or is that people adapting? Uh, TSM last year, pretty, I think it was pretty obvious that they had like huge confidence issues. And then Doublelift had that Players Tribune article where they talked a lot about that, or where he talked about it and how like how just high tense, how like 
uncomfortable everyone clearly was uh, with that event. So I would somewhat buy the idea that North America needs to work on slash fix its uh, like mental mental game. Yeah, I just feel like um, like this is this is obviously like I, I, I don't know what goes on in the players and, you know, what goes on behind the scenes. But I feel like, you know, every region has to deal with, you know, coming in. Uh, yeah. to international tournaments, meeting all these people and, you know, all these players who are at their best of the regions, you know, fighting for, like, for every game and every inch. But I feel like North America like, consistently comes up less, and I don't really know why that is. Well, I, I also just fundamentally think we are not as good as some of these other regions. Like, I don't want people to get the wrong idea and think I'm saying, like, no, we're, we're just there with them. It's just mental game. Yada, yada, yada. I think there are some areas and some like things that are indicative of the fact that we are not as, as good. Yeah, that's fair. Um, like if you take our one to three versus other regions, one to three, I think pretty often we are weaker. Uh, but that doesn't mean that like we can just never get out of groups and the yeah, blah, like we'll never be good. Like, I think we clearly show that we are close. Um, but like, yeah, I think we do seem to have having read about the environment that, double it felt about TSM at 2017 worlds having watched what just happened at this one. It's like, Hmm, that is clearly not a team that is like mentally ready to go and like psyched up to play. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. There's a couple of different things here. One is I don't understand why there's like a mental component that is still plaguing these players if there is one because either they've just lost so many times at international events that they can't seem to get past that because it's not like these are rookies right like how many times have these players been at international events or at least in if you brought it out to like just two like big stages and here they were playing in the ulcs studio so which we talked about earlier um so it's hard to understand how I don't know, like the nerve thing is just weird to me because I just don't understand why. But that's 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 like how competition, like the best players in the world at multiple sports always still like get nervous. Like there's no level where nerves don't affect. Like, But don't you Bowl, figure out how like, to deal with them eventually? Well, you should if you're good. But that's what I'm saying is some people don't like there are players who like you know, the Super Bowl is a great example where like some people are just like they get way too in their own head about it and they freak out. It's such a big event. Same with like NBA finals, LCS finals. Like it, it happens despite the fact that like you might have played a ton. And that's why in my thing that you didn't fucking watch, I talked about Bill Russell, 11 time NBA champion, won the most championships of any player ever tied with like this one other like soccer player. I think um, he would vomit before games. He would always vomit before games. And like later on in his career, he got it a little bit more under control, but he would still vomit before important games. And his team actually liked when he threw up because they knew that meant he was like psyched and ready to go. And that's a guy who dealt with stress the way that it worked for him. And like you would not think vomiting before matches and games and then going out and playing basketball is a good way to like be prepared to play, but that's what worked for him. And so I don't care if you're a six time LCS champion and you go out to the international stage and you vomit before you play. If that's what works for you, great. I just don't think a lot of the NA players have a, a seem to deal with stress that well based off what I read about from their team environments when they talk about it 
later or like when a player benches himself after one day of competition like th- that doesn't scream teams that are mentally prepared for me i mean yeah i don't i don't expect anybody to not be nervous obviously like there's a lot of pressure and that kind of thing but i feel like they just and i don't know if this is like a sports psychology issue or how this would be diagnosed but i feel like they don't know how to channel this um like this nervousness into like a good thing or like at least keep it under control or that kind of thing I mean, Travis talked about it earlier, like it gets in their head. I honestly do think that that's a huge part of what happens internationally. I feel like people like to meme about it, but I feel like when, you know, they see all these, you know, uh, week two NA, zero, 10, all these memes and kind of things, even when the first week goes by and they're up two one in the group stages and then they lose the first game on in the week two, I feel like they're like, oh no, is it happening again? And they might like laugh at it. But I think it's like a legitimate thing where they it might actually be like in their heads thinking, oh, shit, it might happen again. And they don't really know how to deal with it because they don't really want to like face the reality that, you know, if will happen again, if you don't, you know, if we, you, these changes aren't made. And so then it just does happen again. And like every loss that happens just builds upon the last loss. And then it just becomes a snowball and then it's over at that point. I just think um, that a lot of it goes back to like if you just look at double lift and all these communication. At the start of the split, yeah, I went to dinner with them. <laughs> oh my god! People complain about my story. Here comes Travis's Peter didn't buy me fries story. Ole was really disappointed in Peter because he didn't buy him fries <laughs> at Shake Shack. And it was a prophecy that I had that I knew that there'd be communication issues. Communication so issues so big I couldn't have even predicted that Ole would sub himself out at an international event. I tried to move Travis to another channel in Discord, but then I realized I wouldn't mute him for the stream because the stream's on his end. <laughs> exactly. You would have saved yourself, but not anyone else, you know? Yeah, just like, yeah so I It's like, instead bad. of throwing, it's like, instead of jumping on the grenade, you just throw the grenade into the audience, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just kick it down the line. Uh, exactly. What a hero! Um, anyway, like I, yeah, we've talked about this. Uh, I think enough. It, maybe there is some sort of nerve component. Maybe there is a clutch factor. I don't know. Uh, just okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I do hope we figure it out. And I, I don't think it's all the same. Uh, you know, I do know there's one boy that performed at this event. One American no hero. Crazy. And it was the guy <laughs> who put out such crazy. amazing interviews. Did you see that I got a second double lifted reckless interview? There's one of yeah, you guys can always count on at these things to perform well, and that's me. Smithy was there? I said another uh what? Huh? Thank you, just okay for your call. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, have a good one. Travis, why do you think North America sucks? Because I never tried to make it onto one of these teams. That is a great cop out answer. Uh, no, I mean, did you switch channels yet? No, no. Um, we have a smaller player base. Uh, we we have a smaller player base, and I think there starts to become a a mental component of it's like the little brother complex, right? Like we're never going to yeah. be as good as Korea, so you never. I don't know. I think that's part I think, of it. I think small player base. I think solo queue here is worse. Yeah, yeah. As much sure. people meme about it, like it is a, a component where it's like 
yeah. we're more spread out. We play on higher ping. Uh, people don't take it as seriously at high ELO because streaming, plus the fact that like pro players are like, I think it's a different culture out here where um, it's very, very like it tries to be so organic and all encompassing of your life where it's like, yeah, we're going to work out and have all this great stuff. And it's like, yeah, the Koreans probably work harder than us uh, as well as having better player base with higher ping and a better infrastructure with people who like will listen to their coaches more and it's less ego driven. Those are still probably some, like, I think it's a whole bunch of things combined together, but yeah. Yeah. And we, we can't, we keep throwing money at the problem, but it's not working for some reason. Works really well on the rest of the things that America does, but I think we just need more money is, is the problem. Dude donated $11 and 80 cents says you managed to make interviews, both entertaining and insightful. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Mark, you can grab the next caller now. Oh, yeah, I already did, dude. I don't need you to tell me Oof. to do things. We've got Aubrey on the show right now. Aubrey, where are you calling from? Hey, Travis. I'm calling from Toronto, Canada. It's like the third Canadian and the second Toronto. Wow. We're pretty popular. Yeah, we love your stream. Oh, thank you. Um, I wish I liked Toronto. What, uh, what do you want to talk about on the show today? Uh, I want to talk about, you know, with Ole having that mental breakdown, um, you know, at MSI, what do you guys think about having in-game timeouts uh, in league? And I think there's, you know, there's two ways you can have it, right? You can have in-game timeouts with just players, and then you can have in-game timeouts where the coaches would come out, but then the coaches would only need to have their team's perspective when they're in the back rooms or something. So, but I just wanted to talk about the whole concept of having in-game timeouts in league. This sounds crazy to me, but I'm going to let Mark go for it because he's like the coach guy. Well, I think it depends what you're looking to get out of them. I think the idea of a, a in-game timeout helping to calm a player down depends on the degree of which the player is freaking out. If you're having a panic attack, uh, yeah, it's not going to help that much. It might help a little bit, but it probably won't help a ton. Um, Aside from the aside from like the emotional and aspect, do you see any like strategic value to to having any in game timeouts or anything like that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of strategic value. I just don't know uh, exactly how to implement. Like, if a team's losing by a little bit and they play, they like pick two bad fights. Coach calls a timeout, goes on stage, like you guys are picking bad engages. Da la la, you're doing this, you're doing this wrong. Settle down, do this, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be cool as someone who likes to see like coaches being more involved in the game but i also think a big part of what makes league cool is it does feel kind of like these five guys versus these five guys um and then like trying to find a way to to make the timeouts work is so difficult because does the coach like call it and like run on stage like because the coach is usually watching from a different room where he can listen in on the comms does that mean that you need to hook a microphone up then and then he can talk to them just like the logistics of how this would actually work is so difficult on top of like, can you ever find a place in the game where it's appropriate to call for a timeout who requests the timeout is a ref there deciding if the timeout's good to go based off like, mm-hmm. you know what people say as dead ball state and things like that. Like you get so many problems uh, that it just probably would never happen. And you're only doing it to like, to, there's not even a problem you're trying to fix with this. Like that's the thing. It's like when you propose the solution to something, there needs to be a problem, and mm-hmm. then you weigh how important the problem is that you're fixing against how difficult the solution is to implement. And it's a really difficult solution for a borderline non-existent problem. So I don't think you'll ever see timeouts like that. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's unfortunate that we don't live in a world where there are more best of threes and best of fives. Because Travis, I, real quick question. Am I muted on Skype? I am muted on Skype. Why are people hearing me echo? I think I think it's because I'm not wearing headphones and the, it's okay. the, the same laptop as the mic on it that's using that's spinning out the speakers. I don't have a good fix for it. Um, uh, whatever. Sorry. I just don't know why it comes and goes. Like sometimes people say they hear it and sometimes they don't. Um, yeah. I turn I turn the, the volume down to a point where I can barely hear it. Um, and then people still hear the echo. So I don't know. Um, I'll keep it. I'll turn it down again. Uh, I think it's too bad that we don't live in a world where there are more best of threes and best of fives, because that's when, because that's when you, you have a good solution. Cause you can just do this. You can have those conversations in between the games. So like if a player is like having some sort of mental issue, like you've got at least like 10 minutes, to like talk them through it, figure stuff out, et cetera, before the next game starts. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, to that extent, there already are timeouts in a, in a series. Yeah. 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 Uh, I see some people saying, like, timeouts would make players just mechanical players. But, like, if you're doing one timeout a game, let's say, per team, like, and they can only last a minute, it's not like the coach is going to go in there and make them, like, suddenly play correctly if they were playing incorrectly. So I don't think that's the problem. I think it's just, like, how do you not interrupt five, ten people in a game all doing their own thing? Because like the dead ball state in, in sports works because like the ball is out of bounds, the ball has stopped moving. There's a single object of focus in League of Legends. There is no like object of focus. It is everyone doing their own thing at all times. So there's never a point where like you're not interrupting somebody unless everyone's back in base, or you decide that in some situations it's fine, fine to interrupt somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting thought. Do you have anything else, um, you know, that you'd add, Aubrey? Um, no, not that I, you know, you guys brought up some really good points that I can't, you know, the only comparison that I can think of would be like CSGO, but even when they do have timeouts, they do have a proper, you know, dead ball state. And even in their timeouts, uh, only the coaches are able to speak and none of the players are able to speak or interact with each other anyway. So it is very obscure in, in its own way. Um, the only other, I guess, alternative I can think of is having the coach at all times, but that was brought up a long time ago on, on one of your earlier shows, Travis, but that would make the game really, really boring. Um, yeah. 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 Well, aside from that, no, nothing. Thank you, Aubrey, so much for the call. Thank you. Yeah, there shouldn't be any echo because I can't hear whoever's talking like the, I can barely hear people talking to me. Um, I would shout out any subs or bits or anything like that. Um, but there are no new ones. So we'll sit here in silence. No, we won't. We have J4 Yol is here. Is that how you say it, J4 Yol? Uh, not really. It's J Yol, actually. Hey, sorry. Well, uh, hang on. I'm going to turn my speakers up and create an echo. What'd you say? Uh, J Yol, actually. I was J- young and stupid, and the streamer I like to use the four as an A. So okay, sorry. Jol, what do you want to talk about on the show today? Um, <clears throat> oh, wait, where um, are you calling from? Sorry, I'm calling from Vienna, Austria. Vienna, Austria. Nice. Have you been on the show before? No, I'm watching your show mostly as VODs, 
because okay. you know the time is hard for EU. But I've watched every single Hotline League. Okay, well, thank you so much. Uh, I'm glad that we had a show where you could call in. Uh, what uh, What do you want to talk about? Um, just to preface. I'm more of an NA fan than an EU fan. Like hey, we love LCS. people like you on the show. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Um, so the, the thing, the one thing I'm worried about is that with, um, and I put failures in my hot take in exclamation marks, because I don't actually think that, uh, neither Fnatic nor Team Liquid should regard what they were doing this MSI as a failure. Totally. Just, they probably won't win and they won't win for a long time as well as in worlds, like win the tournament. And I'm worried that these continued failures will, um, make people who care, who are not as passionate about the game as like the people investing in franchising, ask themselves, why is a lot of my money flowing towards events where we're never going to generate a lot of success? Um, and, you know, the whole narrative that it's all about worlds. You know, winning worlds is the big thing everyone strives for, devalues the regional titles a little bit. So... Um, these people are going to ask themselves, why are we investing so much in something that we'll never achieve? And I'm a little worried that people will start, like organizations will start pulling out of uh, league esports again because of that. Well, uh, what I would say to that is I don't know if it matters as long as everyone's still making money. So I think these organizations want to win. I think the local or regional based wins can give them something to tout as like, Oh, we're the best team in Europe or whatever. And even if they don't win worlds, if they make good money from their team, making it to worlds and performing there, even if it doesn't, they don't make it past, you know, quarters or whatever. Um, I think then they're okay. Staying invested, right? Like the, the reason a business exists in esports is not to win, it's to make money. Winning yeah. helps you make money, but if you can make money while not winning, you can still justify your business. So are they? Because of course that's that's nothing like the average viewer knows, but let's say you know it's worlds and there's three teams from an A going there. Okay. Now let's say all those three teams, like they they have to go to Korea and they have to live there and they have to uh, get, have staff over there and all. I mean, just going to Worlds costs a lot of money initially. Yes. Um, so if they all drop out in groups, which is not unprecedented, um, are they making money? Is there is there a net gain? Who would you say are the three most popular teams in North America? Three most popular? Yeah. Um, yeah. TSM, C9, and probably one of the thieves now. What about uh, before this year? Before this year, probably instead of one of the thieves, uh, CLG. Yeah. So what are the three teams that have been to Worlds most in its existence? Yeah, well, these teams. Yeah. So, yes, they're not like... Woo, we've made all this money from worlds, from skins or whatever. But um, I like going to worlds increases your, I think is a, a very big marketing tool for your team. 
And the fact, like, whenever Cloud9, you know, makes it through the gauntlet, qualifies in, and then outperforms the rest of the NA teams, that's really good for Cloud9. And that's the kind of stuff that builds uh, fandom. The the documentaries and content and everything that's produced at Worlds is part of that. The fact that at MSI, Team Liquid was able to sell out of a uh, America jersey is part of that. So... Uh, yes, I do think, and 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 I think you are more likely to get sponsorships if you are a team that makes it to world. So I uh, I do think that yes, it they are like worlds does generate revenue, just not in a very obvious way. And ideally, ideally in the future, uh, Riot is able to do a rev share with across out to all these different leagues. And then, you know, the teams that are maybe participating in Worlds uh, get a good cut of that. So I think that's down the road, but I think it's an eventuality. And Worlds should make a shit ton of money comparatively to other things. And because the, the viewing hours are so much and the prestige of it is so much, you know, it is, in some sense, the Super Bowl of uh, League of Legends. So, Yeah, I think... Um prize pool from league of legends you don't even hear people talk about that much anymore uh, i mean it, it's sort of come back since they started doing like the the payout structure with uh, people being able to buy ward skins and stuff like that but i think <clears throat> for these investors they're a lot less concerned about that kind of money and more about like the guaranteed marketability and being able to sell sponsorships and this kind of stuff is probably what concerns them a lot more uh so i don't think like losing internationally matters to them like it's not like we've won internationally and now it's a suddenly new problem like i think anyone who's done their due diligence when they invested in the north american scene should have known that north america doesn't win worlds they haven't been close so yeah. i don't think it should be a surprise to any investor that we are continuing to not win worlds um that said i do think the idea of north america being a second-rate region and sucking is a problem for the investors because of fan understanding and perception of it. But that's not like the investors themselves getting cold feet. That's like worrying about your fan base, caring about you because you just like, who cares if you win North America anymore? If, if you just go that, if that excludes winning North America just means the best team to lose in groups, then yeah, people probably won't care. Yeah. That's a little bit of what I mean. I mean, all your points you made are very fair and, and good. Um, and that's a little bit what I'm what I what I see is a lot of people, at least if you believe what people write on Reddit and, and then in other places, is that they think like that. A lot of that some fans at least think like that. I mean, I certainly still enjoy watching the NALCS a lot. And I also want to say that because a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, there was someone on the show actually bringing up a, a similar point and saying we should cut out all, you know, we, should, we shouldn't do worlds every year, for example, and stuff like that. I don't think that. Because, uh, like, I mean, watching this MSI, and while I agree the venue is not the greatest, it was in, this was so much fun to watch because it was a hype tournament and it's going to be hype for the uh, knockout stage, I think. Um, and watching worlds is one of the, coolest experience every year usually so i don't have the solution in like you know just don't do international events anymore because i don't think that would be a good idea but <clears throat> the yeah i i, I do think that that you know that uh, there there needs to be a way for for the fan to to advertise to the average fan that winning NALCS in itself is 
great and it's something worth cheering for and getting excited about, you know. I think uh, I think that is the case you though. Because they won't win worlds off of it. Yeah, I think well I don't know if they need to say, hey guys, this is a big deal. We know we won't win worlds. But I do think uh winning an ALCS is, is usually uh lifted up as a pretty big deal. I mean Again, like everybody lost their minds when CLG won Madison Square Garden. Uh, even Team Liquid winning at uh, Miami this this past year or this past spring, I think was really exciting. Yeah, Hopefully, there's a packed audience for Oakland. I agree. I think MSI twenty or um, twenty fifteen is like esports goes by so fast. Like twenty fifteen to me still feels like a different era of league esports, even though it was only two and a half years ago, almost three years ago. Uh, like, that is so far removed, I think, from, like, the current environment of League of Legends. You know? It's like, things go so quickly. And I do think, you know, to Jayle's point, like, if North America doesn't get out of groups again, let's say, at Worlds, or, like, maybe... I mean, like, C9 got out last year, but, like, C9 gets out, we lose in quarters. Like, if we don't have like a, a big victory soon or something like that like do you think travis that like people will start getting frustrated even more than they have been for a while i mean isn't this isn't this a thing that sports fans do all the time where like what was it the red Sox that went like 50 years without winning but then still had a very passionate fan base that has happened but if you have i mean like so there's some fair weather teams and some not so fair weather teams Boston's Red Sox were not that fair. They, they still were actually pretty fair weather, uh, but they weren't super fair weather. Uh, but like, like that could happen with North America. You might have fans who are just like, Ugh, you know what? I'm done watching us suck balls at international competition. And then when we win, hopefully they all come back. But like, yeah, the thing is, like, happens. I think we already have such a good storyline system and like a good hook for, I mean, those same fans, those fans might say that. And then when they he- hear that Doublelift is joining Echo Fox next year, they're like, whoa, Doublelift is going to be playing with Dardock and Hooney? Well, I got to tune in and watch this. You know, like it's <laughs> inside it, information from you. Yeah, it's inside information. So um, I, I mean, that's the thing is that uh, people like to get salty at Worlds and then they forget it whenever something exciting is happening. So. I, I, I'm not too worried about it. I, I think it's bad and it bleeds us out. I think certainly we'd have better retention and maybe better growth in a world where we were just killing it on the international stage. But I, I don't think that the death nail of League of Legends esports in North America will be TSM failing to make it out of groups for the 500th time. That I do agree with. So. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much, JL, for calling in. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have a good show. And thank you for being a sub. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I got him out of there. That's awkward. <laughs> sure. North American play rates will be the death yeah. of esports, not, yeah. not the other way around. Uh, all right. Uh, we got one more caller coming in. Uh, we got uh, Stunny Day subbed, Rage subbed, Potatoes. Potatoes Chips, 1910 subbed. Rage donated $10. If a professional player cannot keep his mental on an international stage, should that player be replaced or continue to be worked on? Watch me, Marduk subbed. Hype Love Shack subbed. And Lador sent $30. Says, hey, never had a chance to say thank you for all the information. 
current all sorry if i bothered you in any way thank you lador lador is a person who asked me for uh advice on some uh interviews yeah, we have our... con is here right now welcome back con to the show uh remind if you want to remind everyone where you're calling from uh Idaho. oh you're super quiet hang on oh i told him he's i don't I, i'm put up as high as i can be on discord uh i yeah i put you as high as you can go ahead you just got better for a second there yeah go ahead con can you hear me better now uh you you kind of go in and out can you speak loud i'll try speaking loud okay that's working so i am from idaho and i'm kind of my topic was how msi has been i felt like this this tournament has felt especially toxic and has been like for both teams players and like the fan community and it, for me you know he said there's a caller that says we need to you know there's a caller that said that we need to stop doing international tournaments that's me i'm that guy and i think this msi is a great example of why it would benefit league if we stopped having them so often and let these regions focus on building themselves all together. When you say often, you count twice a year as often. I think twice a year is way too much. How often would you have it? Maybe have one once every two years. Okay. Twitch chat's very upset with you, but uh, why? Maybe you can, you can elaborate a little bit. Well, first of all, I think that because we have this twice a year MSI Worlds type model, it forces these regions to build their whole entire system for seasons and, and how they build their leagues. They're forced to build it around these two tournaments, which then kind of creates this two double split narrative, which I think actually hurts. You know, I think it hurts the experience because it feels like you're rushing what could just be like one whole season into like two separate parts. And then there's the point, like the last call I was saying is when you consistently do have teams, you know, of all regions, not performing up to level, they never believe they should. It does affect a little bit, you know, like Travis, you made a great point that people get excited, you know, for new changes and stuff, but consistently the spring split has always been more viewed, but than the summer split despite it feeling like that should be the more important split. Everybody says, oh, summer's more important, summer's more important. But yet viewership it has always dropped from spring to summer. And I think it's just like kind of a lot of that is a reminder that, well, you, the narrative just becomes worlds. And because it's a narrative of worlds, there are fans out there that are just like, you know, I don't, you know, we're not going to perform well. You know, it doesn't matter as much. I've seen all the changes teams have made. So, you think that getting rid of the, the things that make people excited and making them less often would help viewership across, I, across the, cause you're saying spring, it doesn't seem to matter because people watch more spring than they do summer. I'm saying that people care about the teams and the players. They don't care about the international competition as much as we think. In fact, what ends up happening is if the people who do care get upset when things don't happen that way. Like, well, if Worlds was like, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, I just find it weird that you think, like, the reason people watch spring more than summer, and you're talking about multi-year plans, is because between 
Worlds in spring is when all of the major roster changes happen. And that is when you get like the most viewership because everything is different. That's when double F joins TSM and like all that crazy shit happens. That's why people watch spring more and then it settles and then people slowly like tune out over the course of the year. And so if, if you're telling me that like you think the teams aren't able to plan long-term, they're like, but that is showing that the long-term playing team seems to make people tune out. If you're going to talk about teams sticking together for two or three years, right? Well, I don't think teams need to stick together for two or three years. I'm just saying that international competition doesn't drive viewership. On is a as a small well, international is, viewership drives it or international competition drives a ton of viewership at the events themselves. Uh, MSI is here withstanding. LPL finals have more viewership than worlds. If you watch like the twi- Twitch numbers, like there was, you know, I know it's bad time for NA, but the amount of people watching like the EU, you know, Fnatic versus Team Liquid Timebreaker was less than either EU or NA finals. And hypothetically, that tiebreaker should be more important than EU or NA finals. Uh, I mean, yeah, I would, I would that, argue that putting it on a Tuesday afternoon is probably, while NA is sleeping, is probably not... Tuesday uh, at 8 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, so I would, why, I, I would say that's why when the... Re- like, I'm not sure if you can use that as a as a, an argument for it. Let, let's set all this or uh, all of this aside. Con, do you think that you could tell the League of Legends community, like, "Hey, we're going to only do one international event every two years at this point," and that it would be accepted? I think if you express that you're you're doing this to commit to making your own region better to watch, and you're you're investing in your region and improving that, I think they'd be okay with it. If you're helping build, say, fan bases for these new teams in the in the you know like the new franchise teams for NAEU, like if you put more effort, have you seen Reddit today with the jungle changes? Yeah, I've seen Reddit. Do you? I mean, do you really think that they'd be okay with it? Sorry, I'm not trying to part you right now. This is a legit question. Like, no, no, no. They'd probably be pissed at first, but you know. Reddit was also pissed that they took best of threes away and best of ones was a better viewing experience. Yeah. I, I just don't know if you could ever get people on board with this idea, especially when it would be the only esport where this type of thing happens. Um, I mean, that's, that's what I was going to say is forgetting like any of the specific numbers and things like, but also esport, you know, this is the only esport that, you know, tech, well, technically, like this is the only esport that's really built regional leagues and sort of has survived decently long based on that, too. You don't well, see. I think it's also more to do with, I mean, I think no matter what Riot did with League of Legends, if they were as dedicated to the LC, like they could have done the major system or the international or any of those things, and League of Legends esports would have been fine because it was basically wow levels of popularity and they actually supported the fucking game correctly for their esports unlike blizzard where they just like kind of killed the competitive scene for that but like i think no matter what riot did it would have grown to become the biggest esport i think the lcs was a great choice i think all that was was really well done but like international competition is what we all live for like if you ask most viewers like what we're excited about it's international competition i think if you until we get there and then we get mad well yeah but that's we're mad because we care that's a sign that we care. We're not, I'm not like, oh man, take away 
this so I never have to feel disappointed again. Like I want people to win and then we don't win and I'm sad, but I'm not like, ah, I would have rather have never played the game. Well, I'm not saying that's like, that's not a real thing. I'm just saying systematically it'd be better as a business if we slowed it down and spread it out more. Well, I don't think killing your business is a good business decision. (laughs) I mean, you're not killing it. You're just maybe not having it happen as often. Less is more. Well, I think that's the difference is that Mark and I are of the opinion that doing something like this would have such a crippling effect on the scene um, that. Why, though? Because Because I don't I don't think that the I think the fans would. Like we were talking earlier about how many times can North America lose um, going to to worlds before like fans start to walk away. I think that's probably a while. I, I think if you just tell fans like see you in two years, then they'll say like, all right, cool. See you in two years. Um, yeah, that's that's what happens with the international. No one watches anything like. Like with Dota, like everyone watching, it's fucking huge. It's amazing. But then after that, there's like a couple, a handful of tournaments that get like, if even a handful, that get like a hundred thousand viewers. Like it's, it's just. But that's their league system that way, though. That's no, they didn't until recently. They didn't have that, right? Well, I, I mean, I do think the Dota system is different than than what the league system would be. I just, I the problem is, is like even in a world where you're right and it should have been structured this way from the beginning, I think. Somebody in Twitch chat said, like, the cat's out of the bag um, a couple minutes ago, and I think that's true. Like, I don't think that you can, once you've you've given them this, it's really hard to take it away. Um, and that's... But, I mean, like, the thing is, when you look at, like, I'm not even, you don't even have to use Dota then. Look at the Olympics. Who the fuck cares yeah, about skiing? Yeah, I mean, that's skiing? what I was kind of thinking about. Who the fuck cares about skiing except when it's international competition? Who the fuck cares about curling? And suddenly, millions of people give a fuck about curling. Like... You are not going to care about your your region because you're not building a storyline up to this international competition where you're following the best team. You're just watching these guys play, knowing that, like, well, I'm watching second-rate stuff. It becomes like, you know, like, I don't watch Turkish basketball. I watch the NBA. <laughs> like, that's what's going to happen. Turkish basketball in Turkey is a big deal. People in Turkey watch Turkish basketball. Yeah, but it's not as successful as the NBA. Well, no, because whoever, you know, because and North America has the money. And they have the sponsorships and they have the, they have the good players. Yeah. But that just, be, but imagine if every year you had Turkey players having to play against NBA players to say that's their world title. Do you think Turkey would be better for their, do you think that Turkish basketball system would still be like having their own league and being successful? No, but in a world where you had the Turkish Sometimes. basketball team play against the eight uh, against eight other regions, or sorry, seven other regions, one of which is North America, and their team places second to North America. I think that that would potentially be an event that a lot of Turkish fans would be excited about. And if you gave them that every single or every six months, and then you told them, never mind, it's going to be every two years, I could see them being really frustrated. Is a thing. So, I mean, especially the reason why no other professional sports scenes in the whole entire world doesn't do this. Yeah, yeah, I think it's because it was not a global like the world is very different now. Like I, I think in a uh, if a sport popped up today, like a physical sport, you'd probably see it be very international. Um, And by the way, like well, Travis, you also just said one of the most important things there: physical sport. Yeah, (laughs) like this isn't this isn't a physical sport. 
it's it's fine to do interregional play. Like we're we're esports. What, what do you mean? They're going to the freaking places and playing in person. That's the argument's the same exact thing. A person can play baseball in Europe just as easily as a person can play baseball in America. Yeah, but they have so like to do things like that. You have to like to grow a scene is so hard in a in a in a sport, right? Like, how do you grow a sport really? Whereas by, by promoting your local areas and building from your local area. Yeah, but like let's say a new sport comes out, how do you make that sport popular? By building things locally one by one and, and then branching out before you hit in, in nah, sports sports are, are are more cultural than you think compared to esports. Uh and, and that's I think something that's very important about esports is that anyone can play them, anyone can do them, and then you can go out and usually build your way up to the top. It doesn't require like this big infrastructure that you're talking about well i mean and, and one so, of the like, other things is like part of the, the reason why i think you don't see bigger international events is because other than soccer uh there are very few instances of sports that are wildly popular across all these different regions and all these different countries and in, in the areas where they didn't all pop up at the same time whereas something like league of legends grew to be like an international phenomena at a pretty similar rate in a lot of these top countries um, at the same time, which is why you were able to see a world where like everybody was able to play against each other. So I'm, I'm getting yelled at by Frostgren for there being an echo. Um, so <laughs> we probably just need to, to wrap stuff up, but thank you so much Con, for calling in. Uh, and I appreciate your willingness to share a, a more controversial opinion, even in a world where Twitch chat was going to scream at you about it. I'm just always the person. I think we need to be getting more jobs and more things, and you build that by regional play and not international. Sure, gotcha. Well, thank you for uh, coming on. You also a, a happy birthday, Travis. Here. This oh, thank you, thank you. Yes, two days, two days out, but thank you. What do you think Vietnam thinks? Like, does Viet- what do you mean? Like, should Vietnam well, be going to these international events? No, I mean like Vietnam as a region that just started out went to MSI had a good showing, went to Worlds, also had a decent showing, comes here now, different team, different players, has another good showing. I don't know. What do you think they think about international play? Do you think that they're, they would have preferred two years apart? you think China prefers two years apart for another chance to like get a crack at? No, I think, I mean, quite frankly, like it's probably fun for them to see their players play against Faker or against Doublelift or against whoever. You know, like they've been, I think they, for and a lot of, the, from my understanding, a lot of these new these emerging regions or these regions that are coming up have been aware of these other like players in other regions for a while. And it's very fun for them to see their players have a chance to go up against them. So, yeah, I think the point about it all being international, like if you look at it from an NA perspective, I agree, like maybe you can make the argument, but it is an international scene and riot wants to promote every region. Yeah. And I don't think isolating Vietnam and them never getting like no one would have ever respected Vietnam until they finally played that one tournament every two years. And then people get to say flash in the pan. Their Albus Knox Luna. It's a bunch of bullshit. People underperformed around them. TSM choked, whatever it is. But yeah. Now Vietnam's gone out there three things in a row and done well. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it is important. All right. Well. Uh, that. Is the show. That does it, huh? I'm going to hang out and stream for a little bit afterwards. Uh, per Nasty subbed, VWatts V donated uh, $15.63. Love all the content you're making over on your YouTube channel. Keep it up, man. Thank you. Thank you very much for VWatts. 
Uh, I am going to hang out and stream, so no one leave. All right? Stay. Stay right where you are. Mark? Guys, I'm going to go, so I understand if you leave. Mark, what, what do you have? What do you want to say here at the end? What's, what do you got going on? Uh, nothing. I only do hotline leagues. I did a GLT. I did a streamer showdown. I was a little busy this week. Uh, it's my anniversary coming up, so my girlfriend and I are going to go camping. That's about it. What about you? What about you, big dog, Travis? Uh, by the way, Frostgren, yeah, you missed the show. I'm sorry. We, we wanted to have a guest on, but... The folks that I, I asked several of the personalities and they said they were busy or tired or they need to get ready. So I gave up. I could have asked you, but I think you just got back probably from dinner or rehearsal or whatever you were doing. Um, anyway, for me, I am in Paris. I'm here for another three days. Saturday is my birthday. Broden is leaving on my birthday, the morning of my birthday. He's ditching me. It's very sad. So all I have is you people. We need to get Frost Curran on as an actual guest. She called in once, right? Yeah, she called in. This would have been a pretty good time to do that, Travis. Yeah. Well, again, I tried to get personalities onto this show. Europe's always like, hey, Hey, I want, I want to see the European people on. So I asked a bunch of European people. And then what we talk about? Fuck we, myself. No. Um, <laughs> and did we talk about Europe at all? I didn't like, I hardly saw any topics in the discord that were like fanatic. I saw one guy who said he thought fanatic yeah. would beat RNG. And then I'm actually saying, I'm very, I'm very uh, close to the, to the right hotel. Frost says she'll walk up to the room. I'm in the hotel that is uh, very close to your hotel, Frosk. Um, I know exactly where you are all at now. I don't know. Stuff. Do the post show with Frost Grin. Uh, I might go over. I want to hang out on this stream for a little bit, and then I might go over uh, to the hotel bar over there and see if anybody's hanging out. Can I leave? Uh, what? Can I leave? <laughs> Can you say the, the goodbye thing and then and then end the? Thanks the everyone for watching. This has been Hotline League episode twenty seven.